You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Jen Wilkin and JT English. And today we're also joined by Julie Wilding. Julie Wilding is one of our colleagues here at the Village Church, and she is a minister who uh, on staff at TVC who helps focus in on children's ministry and children's discipleship in the life of this church. And today we ask the question, can kids be theologians? And we hope you enjoy the discussion on today's episode. All right. Well, here we are today, and uh, Jen is bundled up. Is it too cold in here, Jen? It is so cold. What room have you ever been in that did not require a blanket? All right. Let's talk about sexism in oh, work environments, shall <laughs> we? right turn. feel like you walked right into this, but do you know why? I feel why? like I always walk right into it. <laughs> do you okay. know why buildings are kept at the temperature that they're kept at? I'm sure it has something to do with, with the economy. It's finances. based on an algorithm of what a 154-pound man perceives to be the correct temperature in a room. It was developed in the 1960s and the metabolic rates of men and women are not the same. I want to dispute this, but I don't know that I have the data to you know, do you just can't I'll send have, you a link to the article. We'll put a link to the fun. article in the show notes. <laughs> you can't even have fun anymore, can you? Just make a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, look, a little uh, trite comment about the AC. Well, hold on. Let me actually explain to you how... Uh, the man is keeping the woman down. Okay, right? great. Um, <laughs> landmines, landmines. Um, welcome today to Knowing Faith. We are joined by a very special guest, Julie Wild. Hello. It's great to be here. Uh, We are delighted to have you. Julie, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do at TVC. Yeah, so I am the preschool minister at the Flower Mound campus. So I oversee birth through kindergarten for our campus. How long have you been here, Julie? Um, I think it's seven and a half-ish years, yeah. Now, by overseeing birth, are you present at every birth? <laughs> I am. I, I make it my job to be there at every birth. Now, that it's is... important. Well, it's that important, is, Kyle. That is real close pastoral proximity. you. <laughs> yeah, I really... I mean, I admire your commitment to be with and among the people. Uh, you know, what is it the Pope said that... Uh, or maybe it wasn't the Pope. I'm, you know, but I'm going to attribute it to the Pope because why not? He speaks ex, ex-cathedra. Uh, but uh, that a pastor should smell like a, a shepherd should smell like their sheep oh, and so that was Paul. I'm just kidding. Wait, what? <laughs> what? That's in that uh, pre-Corinthians, third Corinthians. Um, the forgotten letter. Um, Julie, we're so glad that you're here. Honored that you're here. Julie is uh, one of my favorite people. Uh, whenever I did office at the Flower Mound campus, making hallway small talk because you shoot straight. Mm-hmm. Like some people true. you hide when you see them coming down the hall, but yeah. not Julie. No. Mm. Thank you. No. no, and I know that I, I was, think I don't hide I, for anybody on staff. Anybody. Okay. I don't <laughs> Yeah. We feel so <laughs> You don't have to because we're all hiding for you. Oh, oh, oh my god. god. Hey, man, we are hot really. today. Spicy. Jeez. Um okay. Well, we are asking a question today. And we're gonna start with the big question, and then we'll just kind of Dig into the details here. So let's start with like the biggest question, which is kind of framed yes, you know. Can kids be theologians? Are we answering? No, Julie's going to answer. Well, well, she's the... Yeah, so I'm going to answer with a resounding yes. Okay. They can yes. Okay. be theologians. I would say they are theologians. <laughs> Maybe 
maybe the better question is, do you consider children to be people, right? Amen. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. are they whole people or are they people in waiting or mm-hmm. um, somehow they don't have opinions until they get to be older or, or whatnot? But so I think that's a better question is, are children whole people? And if the answer is yes, which I think we would collectively say, mm-hmm. yes, they are whole people, right. um, then yes, they are theologians. They can be theologians and they are theologians. Well, when, and, and when we're, so yes, in this question, are, is the que- this question, mm-hmm. are children whole people? There's, but, but we also need to probably just for the listener, when we say theologian, what are we actually even talking about? You, I, I guess broadly, it's like one who has beliefs about God mm-hmm. and operates from them. Yeah, so then if that's true, if that's the definition, everybody is. That's so right. the question isn't, are every, you one? It's Every person. How are yeah, you every one? Person. Every person. How are you one? Right. Are you a good one? Mm-hmm. Do your thoughts about God align with God's thoughts about God and God's revelation of himself? Come, Let's come back to that, though. I'd love to hear... Uh, from the table because uh, I felt like when you asked that question Jen definitely was giving you like the amen amen on mm-hmm. our kids whole people mm-hmm. uh, are there ways in which we operate as if they're not either as households or as the church and in what ways do you see that most commonly well uh, you know we I just watched the Mr. Rogers documentary mm. recently and and I was like yeah mm-hmm. he gets this yeah. and I'm trying to but but even prior to having seen that um the idea of children our children or our neighbors has been one that has been compelling to me because we often will speak to our children in a way we would never speak to our neighbor we speak to them um, about things uh, in different tones or uh, or we neglect to speak to them about things that we should speak to them about and then just our general treatment of them we we often in our frustration with them because of the um, self-control that they are learning mm-hmm. uh, that's developmentally appropriate to them, we, we dismiss them as sort of second-class citizens. And they're actually the, the closest neighbors to us that we're supposed to love in the, in the Great Commandment. And then just um, in addition to that, my, my mentor was a children's minister at my previous church, and she would always say, children are not the church of tomorrow. Children are the church of today. That's right. And that was a formative thing for me to understand mm-hmm. because they're not, they're not also not like f- my, my future uh, in the home. They're not my future um, family members who will one day be fully formed. They're, they, they are in full relationship with me at all times and deserve to be treated as mm-hmm. such. Mm. Yeah, developmentally different right. than you. Right. Um, and you, know, mentioned, you mentioned self-control, which I think is a big one. Um, and, and I would agree with you. I think one area in the church where we um, tend to get it wrong is that, and I hear, I hear this a lot, is um, I just need a break is yeah. something that is said. You know, and so <laughs> children's ministry then becomes not a place where theology is being taught to their children, um, but rather a, a break mm-hmm. so that they can go worship. And, and so I think I think that's a big way. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big way that kids are a bit overlooked sometimes in the church. Right. So they're like not equitable participants in the worship of the church. Mm-hmm. They're like op- they're operational obstacles. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these kids are kind of rowdy. Like, can you? maintain the rowdiness while we all go do the Jesus stuff. That's right. Well, right. Especially if you view what's happening in quote, big church as an experience, like this is my experience that I'm going to go have. Well, you don't want, you wouldn't take a small child with you to a rock concert because they might ruin your evening out. So why would you take that? And I don't, I'm not equating the worship (laughs) service with a rock concert, but I'm saying if you, if you have more of an entertain, entertainment mentality around what's happening in the gathering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
uh, then then you're going to be less likely to, you're going to see children as an obstacle to right. your participation in church rather right. than as those who are coming to participate in church as well. Mm-hmm. So let's imagine that the listener at this point either already came into this going, I do believe in theological instruction mm-hmm. of my children and I really want to do that. I, I, I want to try to equip them in this way. Uh, or now that they've heard a little bit, they're like, okay, yeah. I think I see the value here, and I didn't beforehand. Um, what have we learned, either as parents or as uh, ministers or pastors in the life of this church, uh, about how to do this? Like how to teach kids to theology, how to teach a doctrine to children? What, what have we learned? Well, I think the biggest thing that we've learned is that they can learn, and they're actually oftentimes better students than adults are. So they're constantly learning. I mean, that is the stuff of childhood, right? As you're just constantly learning, you're exploring, um, everything is new. And so um, they're they're just little sponges. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's fascinating to see what they can learn. In fact, I know over the years, we've had to even beef up our curriculum because what we were teaching is like, oh man, they they actually can handle more than this. We need to put a little bit more meat on these bones because they can just absorb at a rate that I think adults can't oftentimes. That's good. Uh, What are some of the things, uh, Julie, for those who don't know, um, what are some of the, um, I think you guys, is it core truths? Foundational truths. Foundational truths Mm -hmm. um, uh, with Little Village and Kids Village or pre-K and elementary. Yeah, like, that's a great question. What are, the, what are the, some of the core things that you guys are teaching? You don't have to give everything because I know that the that when they get older, it's a it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But what are some of the things that you guys are teaching? Yeah. So we our curriculum is based off of five foundational truths, and you could really call instead of foundational, you could say doctrinal truths. You could say, I guess, but um, foundational truths. And so uh, God is good. God made everything. God's in charge of everything. God wants to talk with us and Jesus came to save sinners. And so every one of our lessons revolves around one of those five foundational truths. And so when the curriculum was being developed, it was like, all right, well, we can't teach everything either developmentally or just uh, really developmentally. You can't teach everything there is to know uh, to a child. Um, But when they are in preschool, these are the five things we really want them to know so that going into uh, elementary, when they start to teach more on the nature and character of God um, by way of the attributes of God, they already have this really good working foundation of who God is and what he's done. Mm. And what are some of the ways, actually, uh, I was about to say, Jen has like a celebrity in her house, in the kids' ministry at the at the village. Oh, does uh, <laughs> so Mr. Wilkin? So, what are He's some of the way, what are some of the Mr. ways Jeff. that yeah. Mr. Jeff tries to teach kids this? You know, it's interesting. Is both of our husbands? Yeah, actually, oh, really? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jeff both and Mike are yeah. buddies around. So, us. is it right. like is it like mm-hmm. a is it a is it a pulpit with like a forty minute lecture on? Oh, Wednesday totally. Six? No, this is what Jeff did. He does it not just for the children of the village. He did it for our children. Can you imagine what a beat down it would have been if I had been responsible for all of the instruction of the children around theological matters. Uh, I'm not exactly known as the fun parent in our home. And so, uh, but he, on the other hand, he he just gets kids, right? And so that's one of the things that he brings, um, particularly to kids' villages. They are doing really great content and he knows how to make it engaging and fun. Mm -hmm. And 
And so it's not just, and I would say the same is true of adult education as well. I think we can lose sight of that, that, that our enthusiasm for it and our obvious love and enjoyment uh, of the, uh, the teaching process and the learning process are something that um, both adults and children pick up on that, that creates a hunger in them. And so Jeff is really good at seeing, asking how, how is a child going to hear this mm-hmm. and, and what's going to make this stick? What's the thing that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives? Because we did this one thing this week and I mean he recently did a, an, a lesson on um, wa- foot washing it was the story of, of Jesus washing the disciples feet and so he, he does told this. me about this oh it was a little I was like well that might <laughs> get one of us fired right. I don't know he had like the you know that he poured all this gunky stuff he had emptied out our compost pail uh, into this container and then had the kids like walk around in it and because <laughs> it's like this is what they this would is what be the walking. road would have been right. like yeah and yeah. then had him had him wash their feet afterwards just to just to give them this very mm. tangible That's example memorable. of this yeah. is how low Christ goes when he goes to wash our yeah. feet physically and then spiritually there's that parallel so yeah mm-hmm. just thinking awesome. creatively about how to teach truths we all need to hear in ways that are developmentally appropriate sometimes Mr. Jeff pulls out the guitar to teach as well right. oh yeah well, 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 a big way that TVC is trying to do this is through song mm-hmm. yeah so I want to oh, talk about that ta- for a yeah bit. talk about that this is one of my favorite things before you talk about it can I okay. sing some praises uh, and sing that I did not mean to do that because I'm not going to sing no, I, would love you. Yeah, I don't no, want him to so here's the thing that I love about some of the stuff that TVC is doing around this, whether it's actually in the services you do for kids, but then there's also some resources you guys are putting together around like scripture memory. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite thing you guys do mm-hmm. is these little, little. Uh, I think the worship team has come alongside you guys and I don't, what do we call them? Just memory verses, I guess. Uh, so we have our memory verse calendar. Is that you're talking about? Or are you talking, talking about, about worship sets? No, memory verse calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's the memory verses you guys are doing and it's to song and like you can actually get them on Instagram or mm-hmm. on social media. And so I just happen to see one once. And so I just, every night before I go to bed, I play it with Thomas. And so we'll talk about whatever core truths he's learning that week. And so he'll say, Jesus came to save sinners or whatever it is. And we'll do his scripture memory. Here's what blew my mind. Why, if this is, if, if there's any reason to do this, well, there's lots of reasons. Here's one of them. Uh, some of, I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. My, my family's been in a tough season the last six months or so. I haven't gone into detail out here. Uh, but some of you know that we just had been in a tough season and I was having a really tough day one day and, um, just was kind of down in the dumps, depressed, frustrated. And if I'm honest, kind of angry with the Lord and just kind of like, or just asking the question, what are you doing? And my little boy who has no idea what's going on, he's three, uh, he was only two and a half at this, at this point came like bounding down the stairs with a smile on his face, singing, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, like, <laughs> just, I mean, I, I was brought to tears. Yeah. yeah. Because kids are theologians, not just as learners, but also as teachers to us. They teach us yep. theology. And I was just reminded in that moment, my little two and a half year old, the reason I'm catechizing him and that my church is interested in catechizing him isn't just so that he can receive theology, but so that he can be a participant in this community right. of shaping and forming us and reminding me of God's goodness and yeah. God's grace to yeah. us. And it was just the Lord used my little boy in a moment that I was, I needed it. I wasn't at church. It was after a long day of work. It was a hard medical day for my family. And for my little boy to say, dad, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Mm-hmm. I was just, I, w- I was brought back to the goodness of God and the truth of God. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, talk about why we do that and how awesome it is. Because <laughs> if you if you, if you you follow TBC on social media, they put these out about once a week, maybe every couple of weeks and they're just awesome. You can just watch them on Instagram. They're like a minute long. Yep. 
Yeah, so the memory verse calendar started as just a way to help families, um, you know, have one verse they're concentrating on for the month. So uh, don't don't stress about what you might teach, or, or um, but rather we're going to give you a verse per month uh, in a calendar form, and then also in that calendar is what we're teaching that month, and so that's a helpful tool as well. Um, and then it sort of morphed into, man, don't we all just learn better through song? And so we thought we should just put a straight scripture to song. And I think anytime you can do that, it's a win. Mm -hmm. There's some really great resources out there. We have them certainly, but there are others too. But um, I think just putting scripture to song, man, it just helps you hide God's word in your heart, doesn't it? It really does. Just in a way, you know, and so I think with Thomas, you know, I remember you coming to my office and telling me that story and us just like weeping together Mm -hmm. in your office. But um, but there really is something about, uh, you know, the earworm of a song uh, that does help you hide that truth into your heart. And so... Uh, we so we we do put those songs out once a month mm-hmm. is what it is and um, they've been really really helpful. Along with that, we've got our worship. I'm, sets. I'm memorizing scripture. Yeah, as a result. yeah. Don't you though? And um, our worship sets are the same way. And so uh, we've got we've got a worship set for each of the foundational truths that we have, and those have been really intentional too. It, that has evolved over time. So it was originally just an original song about the foundational truth, and those were great. Um, but then we kind of got to this space where we thought, man, uh, wouldn't it be awesome if our kids had those really staple one or two line songs that they carry with them mm-hmm. their whole life long? So you think about Jesus loves me, this I know, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. you just, that just repeats over and over and over in your head. And we wanted songs that were like that, not so much even for, for when they're in preschool, although that's great, but those are the songs you think about when you're in middle school and high right. school and uh, when you come up against adversity in life and you just, those little reminders through song. And so, uh, our worship sets that involved into great. Let's make a little chorus like that that kids can kind of just hang on to. Um, and then uh, our worship team just created this really sweet benediction too. That's mm-hmm. all trinitarian and beautiful. And uh, yeah, just, just why so don't you just quote it for us? Um, oh it. man, did you quote it? Did I just put you um, on the spot? Uh, thank you, God, for everything. With our voices, we will sing. You are God, Father, Spirit, Son. I love it. Good. It's really good. It really is beautiful too. It is beautiful. The CSB Life Council Bible provides biblical counsel and practical wisdom for pastors, ministry leaders, counselors, parents, couples, and any individual seeking practical wisdom through the application of God's Word. It includes more than 150 full-length articles on a wide range of topics and tough issues from respected Christian counselors and scholars. Visit CSBLifeCouncilBible.com to get your copy today. Visit CSBLifeCouncilBible.com to get your copy today. We live in a possession and money obsessed culture, but what does the Bible say about generosity? In his new book, A Short Guide to Gospel Generosity, author Nathan Harris shows us that the answer to our obsession with possessions is turning to the gospel, because only in the gospel can we find the type of life transformation that enables us to turn our focus from ourselves and back to others, to give generously, and to follow in the way of Christ. To learn more about the book, visit GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. That's GuideToGospelGenerosity.com.
Well, so if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I'm bought in. I, I, I see how the church is trying to do this. Your church is trying to do this, but I'm, but I'm like, I'm not a leader in a church and maybe the church I'm going to is building this out or wants to build this out or whatever. What are some things that uh, somebody who's listening can do in our home? So like we've talked about some of the things that we're doing in the life of the church, but now just we're all, we're all parents in the room. Like mm-hmm. we can all talk about how we're actively have either done it or mm-hmm. are trying to do it. Uh, and so what are some ways uh, that, that we can do this in our home. What are some examples of that? Y'all are looking at me. So I'll, 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 yeah, how about, how about like, this? I want to hear what Jen has to I'll say. Give, <laughs> I'll, I'll give the totally unpopular and uneducated because I've got a three. You guys have already done this, mm-hmm. and you work in this, and you've got mm-hmm. kids in like PhD college, yeah. awesome stuff. But <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll say the one that maybe comes from church history the most that I think is just a lost art in the church is practicing catechisms yep. and not having to recreate the wheel. Like I love the stuff TBC does when we do. I'm, I'm not trying to say we're recreating the wheel, but like. Just go get the Westminster Shorter Catechism mm-hmm. and well, read it with your kids. Well, New City Catechism New City, yeah. is great. Really good resources. Yeah, the New City content is great. Like a simple thing that we do with Lydia is when we're laying her down, mm-hmm. uh, like as it gets close to bedtime, I'll go, Lydia, who is God? And she'll go, Father. And I'll go, say, Anne. And she'll say, Son. I'll say, Anne. And she'll say, Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then, and then what I'll do is I'll roll through. I go, Lydia, who loves you? And she'll go, Mommy. Daddy, and then at the end we get to God and go, and God loves you more than anything, anyone mm-hmm. else. Like He loves you more than anyone, like more than mommy, more than daddy, and that's where we've been able to get with Lydia. So that's like one simple way of when we think catechism. A lot of times, if you Google Westminster shorter or larger, you're going to be like, wait, wait a second, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. way behind. Um, but it's just starting with getting my daughter to think about God. Right. And about herself in light of God. Uh, and uh, we at, at the church that I've planted, kind of piggybacking off of what the village has done, have oriented around four foundational truths. So we, we lost one in the transition. Julie, I I'm bet sorry. I know which one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the four foundational truths that we've oriented around are, is God is good, God is great, God is gracious, uh, and God is glorious. And yeah. so, uh, so with my daughter, I'll say, hey, listen, God is what? And she'll say, you know, usually it's whatever truth she just heard, like the past Sunday. God is great. And I'm like, what does that actually mean? And she does. She can't talk to me about it yet. Mm-hmm. But I always get to say, you know what? It means that God's in control of everything, which means that even the dad had a bad day, like God is still in control. Yeah. Like he's still in charge of everything. Yeah. And I'm so excited about that. And so it's just simple stuff like that. We read the Jesus Storybook Bible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm probably not blowing anybody's mind with that. It's like one of the more popular kids kind of specific things, but we read the Jesus Storybook Bible. So like, these are just a couple simple things that we do that require very little. We listen to the music that mm-hmm. TVC puts out and other churches. Uh, I think about Seeds. What am I, why am seeds I Family Worship. Yeah, Seeds yeah. Family Worship, really great. which is great stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'll throw it back to the table. Yeah, I love all of that. I think um, I, I love New Cities Cate- Catechism. We've used that in our home for years. Um, they have a really great app too, uh, which is uh, a really great resource for you to use as well. Um, well, and there's I, music now as part of that There's music, too. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, music, mm-hmm. so right. helpful. Um, I, I think the other thing too, whenever I think of, of catechism, uh, I, I think about, man, this, these are the things that you're doing all the time. And Kyle, you kind of hit on that. So you're talking mm-hmm. about, man, you're just asking Lydia some simple questions and uh, that evolves into a conversation. And these are the things that we should be doing in our home all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you, when you're considering Deuteronomy 6, this is what we're talking about. When you're, uh, when you're laying down and when you're rising up right. and when you're walking on the way, um, this is what we're talking about right. is you are constantly, um, uh, just just having conversations, bringing everything back to a gospel conversation. Right. Um, 
because you can redeem just about everything, right? Right. It's <laughs> everything. Like, it's like when Lydia says mine, uh, you know, uh, Lauren, my wife, or I will get on our knees. We'll get, we'll get no, Lydia, n- nothing is yours. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing is yours. Everything belongs to the Lord. Nothing is mine. That's nothing right. is yours. Everything belongs to him. And it's better that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, does has, has she stopped saying mine? No. <laughs> She still says mine. Yeah. Okay. And are there times where we don't do that? Yes. There are times where we're like, no, please give me the cup now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as a rule, we yeah. try to we try to get down on our level and try to say that because uh, you're right. Trying to capture those moments is how oftentimes at TVC yep. that's the language we use. So. Yeah. That's right. I think it's really fun too when you get into uh, when your kids push back when you say. You know, I'll say to my kids, who's in charge? And they say, God. <laughs> You're like, man. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. God is in charge yeah. and mm-hmm. has placed me in authority. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you're really hitting on it, Julie. I think parents, you know, my kids are grown and out of the house. And um, parents often confuse discipleship as its own conversation. Like it's this thing that happens at certain times and in certain places. And what you really are looking for is to have a home in which there is a climate of conversation. So you don't have big conversations. You will have big conversations, but you don't live in dread or anticipation of the big conversation because you're having thousands of small ones as part of the rhythm of your family life. And uh, I would love to say that um, using New City Catechism or putting your kids through Little Village and Kids Village is the secret sauce to raising a child who understands theological matters, but ultimately it will be what you've modeled for them Mm -hmm. that will speak the loudest. And so you, and you can't fake it. Like you can't, if they perceive and kids have radar for this, if they perceive that the only time um, that you are talking to them about the things of God or that you're talking about the things of God is when you sit down for family Devo or whatever you call it, um, they'll pick up on that. Mm -hmm. They're going to be watching you. And, and if your love for those things extends beyond the, the studied moments, they will know that and they will, they will, they will want, children want to be like their parents uh, in a, in an all things equal mm-hmm. setting, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want them to want to be like you as you are being like Christ. That's right. That's discipleship. Yeah. Pointing them to Christ and you do that by modeling. Yeah. So I think you're right, Jen. So what, what would you say in, in closing here? What would you say if a parent was like, okay, yeah, but they're just repeating me. Right. Like they're just mm-hmm. they're just repeating what question, what I yeah. say. Like it feels like uh, because you know I think even, and this is I don't think something that's constrained by age because a middle schooler and a high schooler for tactical reasons can do mimicry better than a an elementary kid can. Um, and so like for like like for appeasement, I, I mean I can think of countless times where like my mother and father were trying to do some sort of sound instruction and I was able to play back the version they wanted mm-hmm. because I wanted something else. Mm-hmm. So like to a parent, regardless of the age of their children, who are going. Okay, I'm trying to do this kind of instruction, and I feel like either because of their like r- reasoning ability, like a small child, they're just giving me back what I've given to them. They're like kind of vomiting mm-hmm. it back to me, uh, or for more tactical reasons, like an older kid, they're just giving it back to me because they have some other ulterior motive. What would you say to them? Would you just would, like how would you encourage them to persevere? Yeah, I would say keep at it. So repetition is key for kids. It's key for everyone, but 
specifically kids, I think repetition is huge. They need to hear something over and over and over again. Um, it's just like, uh, you know, think about when you're teaching your kids colors or you're teaching them, what does the cow say? Um, you don't expect them to remember what the color right. red is after the first time you tell them or that a cow says moo after the first time you tell them. It's that repetition over and over and over again. And one thing, when I was thinking about this question, um, uh, something that Jen says all the time just kept coming in, into my head, which was uh, when she talks about um, studying God's word, she talks about how it is not, um, uh, that it's a savings account, not a debit account. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true for catechizing your children as you are making deposits and making deposits and making deposits. Or as we say around here, you're placing kindling, kindling. around mm-hmm. their heart in hopes that one day the Holy Spirit is going to ignite it. Mm-hmm. So I would say parents, don't be so concerned that they're regurgitating information or... Um, or that they're just saying what you want them to hear because that's not your job. You're, they're, the motivation of their heart is right. not your job. Right. Um, your job is to lay the foundation. Your job is to lay the kindling around their heart, so to speak, um, in hopes that the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit does, which is um, regeneration. And so, Well, and I just add that a lot of times parents can be, um, Christian parents can feel a fastidiousness around, but I don't want to raise a little hypocrite who knows how to say all the right things but doesn't feel all the right things. And that, I think, is often just a disconnect with with how t- children develop. Like mm-hmm. developmentally, children learn by doing. And so um, when it comes to things like, well, I don't want them to apologize until they genuinely feel repentance. It's like, okay, well, but you taught them to say ma'am and sir before right. they had any respect for the people they were saying it to. We give our children the language they will need praying that the Lord will give them the motives to use it. But everything that your child learns is learned before they appreciate the why, Mm -hmm. the things that keep them from getting run over in the street, the things that keep them, you know, we're we're keeping them safe and we're giving them good tools. And, and, um, and also what's the alternative, right? This is the thing I always think Mm -hmm. is so funny is like, Mm -hmm. are you going to withhold the good things Mm -hmm. of the Lord from Mm -hmm. your child? Um, because you think that there is a, uh, that, that there'll be, it'll be a more honest dialogue at some point, you know, it's like, no, you want to raise a child who, who grows up in that ecosystem and then trust the Lord. Yeah. And I think just to, I mean, I'm in it like with like a two year old mm-hmm. right now. Um, and so one of the things as I've been studying the gospel of Mark to preach through it in the spring that I've been so encouraged by is in my weariness of having to feel like, man, I'm repeating the same thing over and over again. Looking at the ministry of Jesus, I've grown encouraged because he's doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. The son of God <laughs> with his disciples is repeating the same yeah. thing over and oh, over yeah. and they mm-hmm. don't get it we fully don't, grown we don't outgrow the liturgies of childhood exactly. they right. just become different liturgies and yeah. so it's been such a consolation and encouragement to me to look to Jesus and be like yeah this is part of imaging Christ yeah. to those that we're trying to lead is repetition mm-hmm. it is it's just a lot of repeating the same things over and over one one little final thought with regard to what you guys are doing Julie that I love is that, um, and this is what I think parents can can wrestle with. You're building out, you've thought about the when and the how and the why. Like there's a scope and there's a sequence to what you want to see children move through during their time that they're spending in your environments in the church. And I think that's the thing that parents can pay attention to is um, it is important to have many conversations, but there there can be a uh, there can be a, a logical way to have those conversations mm-hmm. that is appropriate to the age of the child 
and that honors uh, the direction that you want their learning to go. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I really appreciate about, appreciate about what you guys are doing is you're thinking really hard about, like you said, what is the most important thing that we want a preschooler to know when they move into the next yeah. level of education? Yeah. yeah, you guys are doing great work. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Well, hey, listen, uh, as we kind of wind down, I had a different question, but we've gotten to, re- I had a question on resources for doctrine and kids, but we're not going to do that. Can I, can I take us in a different direction real quick? Show notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll put some shit, we'll, we'll put some resources for doctrine and kiddos in the show notes. I just want to hear real quick, what are you enjoying <laughs> right now? Like, is, it could be like, man, I'm enjoying this movie, this television show. Guys, I'm watching album. Parks and Rec. And you're loving so it? I'm loving it. Uh, last night, I watched the episode where Chris Traeger comes. Like, oh, that, like last night. So officially, I'm like in. You're in, in it. In, in. You yes. figured, out, gotta you tell figured you, out the Tom Haverford thing. I've got to tell you the hook <laughs> of for Tom ha- was Tom Haverford, uh-huh. and I've got a bone to pick with you, buddy. Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, in what ways do you feel like you're different? In every single way possible. I don't know that it's as clear cut as you think it is. To Julie, uh, <laughs> you know who I think. You no, are? but when Chris and Ben show up, though, that is when the show. That's the turning that's point. Like, yeah, so I hit good. the turning point. But here's the great thing: is we have been loving it even up until this yeah, point. Okay, yeah, it's incredible. So we're, yeah, we're watching it almost every night. Cosine. Speaking mm-hmm. of liturgies. Okay, now who, do you, who did you think I was? Um, I'll, I'll, show notes. A show. <laughs> Awesome. Hashtag show notes. Um, Julie, what are you enjoying right now? It could be an album, a book, a thing. And like, what, what do you like? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, sticking with shows, I guess, Mason King turned me on to The Good Place. Do y'all watch The Good Place? Yes. Yeah. So JT, you're, how far in are you? Are you nodding approvingly? Or are you it. okay? I'm not watching. I'm, 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 I'm like, we'll, we'll when I'm in a show, I'm all in. I'm yeah. very good. Kyle, Kyle's the one who told me about it. Yes, it's very good. So I'm enjoying that. Um, in life, this is kind of uh, sappy, but I'm really enjoying being the mom of a teenager mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. don't be scared. It's such good stuff. Mm-hmm. She is my just. Uh, she's my sister in Christ, and that is just a blessed relationship. And so that's been really fun. Love it. So the good place and being a mom to a teenager. Okay. All right. It. Yeah, it's the same. Uh, I watched the, like I said, I mentioned the Mr. Rogers thing. If you have not seen it, waste no more time. Um, it was just fantastic. He was a person for whom people couldn't find a category. Mm. And I thought, man, that he was an alien and a stranger. So. Yeah. That was, uh, I made the mistake of watching it on a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say don't, don't do that. Be sure that you are alone or with people you love and have a box of Kleenex. But I have loved that. And we're also working our way through um, the good place. And it's, it's just thought provoking. I, I love how each week I'm like, oh, I probably should have already thought about this yeah. as a Christ follower. Mm. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, I feel like uh, that. So I'm a big fan of this guy named Andy Gullihorn. He does, he's a singer-songwriter, and I think all of his albums are just phenomenal. Um, but he just released an album called Everything As It Should Be. I'm not getting any kickbacks here. Okay, like, it's just... An Unlike the toothbrush stuff. Unlike the right. toothbrush stuff, where we are getting <clears throat> kickbacks. Um, <laughs> uh, but Everything As as It Should everything as it should Be is an incredible album. I Like, it just has ministered to me so deeply. So Everything As It Should Be, Andy Gullihorn... I'm listening to it all the time. It's very good. It's very, very, very good. I'm going to go look it up. Okay, great. For more information, you can look into the show notes in the podcast description. We'd be honored for you to leave us a podcast review on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. You can find us online at trainingthechurch.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter by searching Knowing Faith. Thank you, Julie Wilding, for joining us. We want to commend your great work here in the life of this body. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time. Grace and peace. Thank you.